It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. William Davis has jumped online with me. We were meant to be in the car, William. You had sandwiches packed. You had a whole picnic ready to go. We were on a St. Stephen's Day slash Boxing Day adventure. And so be it. Not happening. Yeah, we certainly were. We should be uh, should be on the motorway at this stage, uh, heading for Ravenhill. Um, very disappointing. All sort of started on uh, Christmas Eve morning. I immediately got a bit twitchy when they said the team announcements were being put back. Uh, that was requested by Ulster. They were going to put back from 12 o'clock where they always happen. I've never seen a team announced any time other than 12 o'clock uh, to 1 o'clock. And then it was 2 o'clock. And then it was three o'clock, uh, by which stage I was uh, doing my Christmas shopping. It always comes as a bit of a shock to me when you go Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve afternoon that they're out of stock of stuff. I, I don't mm. know. I really I must investigate this and see is there a way. Well, actually, we could do a whole podcast um, on that, William, because I have some knowledge in that area. But let's not go there. I don't think anyone wants that podcast. No, they probably don't. Um, but then the news came out. There was an inevitability about it the longer it went on. COVID cases, COVID's back. It's already taken out Munster and Leinster. It's now taken out Ulster and Connacht. It's taken out uh, Cardiff against the Dragons, I think, or the Scar- Cardiff against the Scarlets. It's one of the games of Wales. We're left with very little rugby this weekend. It's very disappointing. It's very complicated for URC. We've had major issues in Europe in the last two weekends prior to this, particularly uh, last weekend. And it's just where this is the third season of it. It's sort of, we've become almost used to a bit blasé about it, but it is a problem. And it's very disappointing for the teams. It's disappointing for the fans. Uh, It's disappointing for us because I was really, I loved the trip to Belfast anyway, but I was really looking forward to this game. Connacht are are up to something at the moment. They're producing some really scintillating rugby. They need to convert that into winning rugby. That's the next step, and it's a very important step. You, you know, playing well and losing is no use on a long-term basis. But there's an excitement around the team. There's an excitement about the way they're trying to play, and it would have been great to see it at Ravenhill again. But it'll happen. I'm sure that game will be played, but it just it just won't happen. I don't want to get too deep, but I want to get just a little bit scratch the surface with this, William. It's a particularly hard time now as we're in our second year of COVID for a lot of individual people uh, who are just dealing with not being able to see their friends, not being able to go to sporting events. And and I think you touched, you scratched the surface on something there because it just even I know there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who really would have been looking forward to sitting down on their couch and watching the Connacht Ulster game. And they're so important as fans, even if they can't get to Belfast on Stephen's Day, which a lot of fans would be able to do. So it's so disappointing out there. And it's a, it's a tricky time, isn't it? You and I are both huge sports fans and, and we're missing all these different events that are on the telly and we're missing our chance to watch our team and it helps us get through these times when many many people are just locked in isolation at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's very hard. Sports trying to balance that. I'm sure the sporting bodies would be tempted to just cancel everything for a couple of weeks, push the whole season back if they could so they could maximise attendances. But at the same time, they're trying to keep sport going. Yeah, look, it's very important. There are people probably listening to this who uh, are having to self-isolate because they've had a, a positive test. We know all about mm. tests. Uh, we fi- we finished five days of tests after coming back from Leicester on Christmas mm. Eve. Every morning, first thing in the morning, of the old uh, lateral flow test to see what was going on. 
five five negatives, thankfully. And then um, it's just the fact that the, the disruption, when you start to look at the rest of the season and you sit down and you think, ah, it's only a game here and a game there. But the weekends just are so full of rugby. And if you make a decision, URC are probably now going to have to abandon the plan not to play during the Six Nations. Connacht have already got it. Connacht have two games during the Six Nations on the off weeks. They're away to the Scarlets. They're away to Glasgow. But now, sorry, they're away to Edinburgh. Now, the Stormers game, which was due to be played on the 8th of January, has had to be moved to February the 25th. Mm which is a Saturday, and it's kicking off at one o'clock, which I think is a ludicrous yeah. kickoff time. But it's to suit South African television, who want to show the two Six Nations games that happened that afternoon, and then Ireland play the following day. So Connacht are being squeezed in. So already it's starting, and now you've got to take inter-pro games. Where do you put them? The space isn't there because it's either domestic competition or European or Six Nations. There's no weeks off really until the end of the season, unless you use the Six Nations window. So that's that's a complication. I have to ask you, though, I, I'm of the opinion that at this stage, even what I said, that you, you're desperate for sporting fans to be on as a sporting fan, as a po- as podcasters and work and people who work at the games, you know, if Connacht only allowed 3,000 people through the gate, did the IRFU not scratch their head and think, is it not better off just to put this on during the Six Nations? Yes, it won't have to start players, but you'll get 5,000 through the gates in a time where the IRFU and all the provinces have been hit seriously financially for the last two years. And, William, there's the added, you know, you know element to that decision of it might just you know, allow a few more weeks to pass for for any COVID cases within the camps. Does it not make sense maybe to cancel the Monster game coming up? Uh, I don't think they'll look at that. I think they would play the Monster game with no fans there. I think they would be determined to get it played. Racing is going ahead today at Leopardstown with no fans. Uh, there must be a, a chance that that decision will come and they'll be that game against Munster could be played without any fans. I, I don't think they will cancel games based on that. They'll certainly cancel them or postpone them based on COVID. Yeah, it's not. It's Sorry to it. jump in there, William, but it's not that I think that they feel, feel there would be a danger with three thousand fans gathering because you know, you know, there's a lot of science out there to say if everyone's wearing masks and outdoor, that's not a serious spreading event per se. But what I'm saying is, would they not scratch their head and think to themselves, sure, we can maximise revenue in a couple of months rather than you know just settle for three thousand now? Although, as I hear you speaking, we don't know what's coming in a couple of months. Who knows? Maybe everything's going to be behind closed doors. So maybe you grab the crowd that you have at that time. I think you keep going. Uh, I think television stakeholders, that's where the real money is. And they're going to say, listen, if you can get this game on, we need it on. If if you look at the situation today, TG Cahar here, RTE have had to reschedule. Premier Sports have had to reschedule. URC TV around the world. It's it's complicated. Uh, And I'm certainly not saying I've heard nothing about a game behind closed doors, but I'm just speculating. I've, I've seen what's happened to Leopardstown. Now that's complicated because that's a staffing issue uh-huh. uh, that they're so short yeah. of staff because of COVID. And the one thing I can say is a rugby ground is a hell of a lot smaller than a race course, which is a huge. Yeah. I would uh, suspect that's more uh, staff yeah, area because yeah. ultimately we know we know but the it, rules suggest, say that Connacht are, are allowed as as of now and probably will still be allowed to have upwards of uh, half the attendance, three thousand in in. Just 
Yeah, it's and and, it, and if people are slightly complicated about this because they say, well, hold on, sometimes Connacht get eight thousand in, and that's four thousand. As I understand it, they don't include temporary facilities in your crowd figure. So the the, the sports ground holds six thousand. You can get more in if you put the temporary terracing in, which I'm sure they would have put in. So it's just, it's very. I mean, look. It's frustrating, and actually, this is the. Th- if you look at it this way, this is the third season of this now. One season was ended prematurely. Then we had last season, which was a mishmash, and now we have this season. That's that's. So this is, and they're getting better at it, but it still catches them on the hop. You can't cover every event. I, I just want to ask you too, because it's coming up in America quite a lot. It's all over the world now. Sporting teams do lateral flow tests and PCR tests on a weekly basis, and it, it's it's done to protect the players themselves, their families, to protect um, the you know the, the society around them. Obviously, in terms of because they're gathering and the way they gather, if they don't do this, it, they could become a, a spark to a, a bigger spread. So there, these are all the reasons why they're doing it. But I do notice, and William, you and I both read a lot of. Uh, we read a lot of articles on different sports. The NFL and a lot of the NFL coaches or a lot of the NFL owners, forgive me, are talking about getting rid of PCR tests unless uh, there's a player is symptomatic. Now, that's very controversial. But the flip side of that, and the reason why I bring it up to you is in this environment where we all, everyone listening to this podcast and you and I know people right now who are affected by COVID because of how um, how this Omicron variant is spreading. It's just sweeping through. It's very hard to see how you can bring 35, 40 lads in for tests and not have some cases. So it's very hard to see how sport can function in this environment. I'm not necessarily suggesting that they go to symptomatic tests only, but what I am saying is these are tricky conversations that are going to come up over the next few weeks and months if this continues. Yeah, they are. Um, I, I don't think they'll change the testing regime here. I think the, the, the thing that is concentrating the minds, uh, the situation in France and England is different because they're single country competitions, but they're having issues. I mean, there's English Premiership games off today now as well. I think uh, Newcastle's games called off yesterday. Um, but you are... With the URC, you're moving, you know, Wales, Scotland, Italy, South Africa, Ireland. In Ireland, there's two medical jurisdictions. So, you know, if the game had gone ahead today, there would have been there could have been up to eighteen thousand people in the ground in Belfast. Whereas that's not going to happen down here. But the whole push has got to be for the Six Nations organisers. They have to get the Six Nations played February and March. They need full crowds or as close as they can. If that doesn't happen, the monetary situation for the IRFU, Welsh Rugby Union, et cetera, et cetera, becomes ultra critical. So they're going to keep testing and checking and taking out. I don't know how many positive cases there were in Ulster, but the decision was made that game's not happening. So it could have been one case or it could have been 21 cases. So it's. I think you'll see that here. Worldwide, it's, you know... Yes, there is. There's this sort of pushback. There's this. Oh, it's only this, and it's only that. But I think if you get into that, to, to doing that, you're just building up trouble down, further down the road. Because if it does get into your sport and take it over, uh, and you know, at the moment the hockey season is on, uh, basketball in America, those players are crisscrossing the country. They're playing every day or they're playing five days out of seven and they're in one city and the next city. 
I think you just have to accept that this is here and you have to keep working through it. I don't think you'll see any changes here. I think they're ultra, ultra cautious. I think they have the backing of the teams. The teams trust the medical. Uh, they're frustrated. I'm sure they're fed up to their back teeth of the whole thing. And there's a potential that there were some players around uh, the Connacht bigger squad who might have had a game this weekend. I mean, there's a few players were due rests. Yeah, uh, just get into that, actually. Finley. I wanted to just get bring our listener as we bring this podcast conclusion. We need to talk about Tom Daly's contract as well. But yeah, the consequences for the Connacht squad, what we might have seen in Ravenhill, obviously we feel like Ulster were going to be disrupted a bit and they weren't going to be at full, full strength. Uh, question is, how are Connacht going to look, do you think, going into that game? Maybe give our listeners some of the insight that you would have picked up uh, behind the scenes ahead of this contest. Well, I think... Uh, as I understood it, uh, the international players, that would be uh, Alton and Finlay and Bundy, wouldn't have been available for us. This would have been a rest week for them uh, because they're still involved. They've all done a lot of Ireland stuff and Ireland then control their training minutes. Uh, there's no clear guidance on this to us, but you get a gut feeling that certain players are going to be rested for one of the Interpros. And generally, you're going to want your strongest team for your home game. Um, so that might have happened. Uh, another player who's played a lot of rugby is Connor Oliver. So they might have been rotated out. You have to keep players playing as well. Uh, and you've got to keep them interested. And, you, and, and they don't get a lot of rugby other than in their Interpro rugby. So there's a there's a chance that some of the wider squad members might have got a game here. Uh, and that'll be disappointing for them. And then, of course, next week is Munster. And we hope that game goes ahead and everything just rolls on this week. They'll start preparing for that tomorrow. They'll, they'll forget Ulster. They'll just move on to, to Munster. And you feel then that some of the guys who were probably very close to getting a start maybe or getting on the bench... They're going to have to take a step back. They're going to go back to being the uh, the potential players rather than the guaranteed mm. players. That's tough. That's something that the coaches just have to handle. The players have to accept it. Uh, and, of course, then Connacht don't have a game. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So the Stormers it's Munster, up. it's Leicester two weeks after that, and it's a trip to Paris to play Stad. And by God, that's all, you know, provising. Fingers, Fingers crossed, crossed provisos, yeah. <laughs> Let, let's let's hope it happens. I think, I don't know what EPCR are going to do. Their competition is in, it's chaotic. We could be here for the half hour trying to figure it out. Uh, you've just got to hope that Leicester have enough players who can get on a plane, fly to Shannon, get in the bus, come up here, play a game and go home. That's the way they look to do it, I think. The trip to Paris, I haven't even started trying to get my head around that yet. I've I've had it. Getting us to Leicester was enough. <laughs> I'll do Paris from next, from sometime later. How bad, William? How bad is it looking? We're talking tests every fifteen minutes. I would, I would fear. Yeah, it's, it's not quite that bad, but I suspect there will be there'll be tests to get out of Ireland, get into Paris, get into the game, get back into Ireland. If it has, has to be, be done, if that game's on, yeah. we, we'll be there. Bring it on. Uh, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not complaining about any of that. Listen, I can go to watch a rugby match. There's plenty of people at the moment can't, and I feel sorry for them. And I, I can't. Ima- I mean, la- I can't imagine what it's like if you if you are doing yourself isolation, and if you are, we wish you the very best. And you have your laptop or your TV, and this afternoon you thought, right, two Interpro games, Connacht Ulster, Munster Leicester. This is just perfect. This will 
fill in the time between turkey sandwiches and mince pies or whatever you're living on uh, at this time of the year. And then it's all off and it's, I don't know, chitty chitty bang bangs being put on again or something. It's not, <laughs> that's tough for a sports fan. Um, and then West Ham are on this afternoon. They'll probably embarrass themselves. But anyway, we'll work Burnley had their best run of the season. Three postponed games were about as, as good as we could hope for. Although, yeah, and I see Toulouse and Stade Francais are on tonight. So I'm, I know a lot of Connacht rugby fans will have circled that one and said, let's have a watch and see what they do at full strength. Um, that'll be a good game as well. Look at, we'll make the best of it, folks, wherever you are. And one thing I know that has filled you with joy, Finlay Bealham News. You've obviously heard us talk about that in the podcast, but his, him signing up for a new contract is fantastic news. What a prop. He's arguably, William, and we'll be able to have this conversation over the next few years before we get to the other big news that we want to kind of just uh, talk about. We didn't get a chance to talk about. Uh, I just want to say about Finlay, I would argue, like, he's right there as the best all-time tight head Connacht have had. And we've had some fantastic props. He's right there. He's in the conversation. That's how good he is. 16 caps for him. Oh, yeah. Incredible service. Oh, yeah. No, he, he, he definitely is. I mean, the whole... <sighs> I suppose when you watch, as I said earlier, there's an excitement around Connacht mm. at the moment. There's a buzz there. We feel it. Um, it's different to what we've had in the last couple of seasons. But they do need to start winning. But you look at the players who are coming through. You're also looking for improvement in the players that have been here a while. Finley Bealham has improved hugely. Jack Carty is playing the best rugby of his career. They're they're not new boys. And then you've got the likes of Niall Murray, local lad. He's come through. He's improved. He looks a much better rugby player this season. Kean Prendergast is there. Oshin Dowling has arrived on the scene. And uh, Connor Oliver's playing really, really Oren McNulty. There's, there's, Oren McNulty. There's exponential improvements all the way along. And that's what you want. And that's what makes you thrilled to go to a game and then you've got this Mac Hansen guy and I hope he's back very very soon because I'm convinced I've watched the game in Leicester again Uh, I'm absolutely convinced he's on the field Connor would have won that game I just something would have happened somewhere it was a loose game I would say Uh, it was a scrappy game he had Bundy Aki in his third game back you might have got away without Mac Hansen Bundy had put in a superb performance but you knew he was still a little bit rusty there was still a little bit of getting the legs moving whereas yeah we miss Mac Hansen can I just turn our attention to Tom Daly to finish Um, you know I, I don't know how much we can say because it it's only rumours, but there was definite sense that there was a lot of interest in him. Maybe you can say more, but there, there was a lot of interest in him outside of Connacht based on a couple of fantastic seasons for Connacht where he took, he came west, he said, look, this is my chance. He obviously had the sevens background. He has really, really blossomed into a huge part of this Connacht team. We've missed him a lot now when he's been injured and it was great to hear that he's signed up for the future. Brilliant to hear that he signed. I've been hearing in the background a bit that he was being chased very hard by a province slightly south of Mm. him. And you work that one out. And that happens. Look, players are approached all the time. It's a, this is a constant rigmarole. Their agents are approached. Would your player be interested in this? We're looking for that. We can offer this. We'll offer that. The point about Tom Daly that fascinates me. And I'm going to ask Andy Friend about this on the first time Tom Daly was mentioned by Andy Friend. He was effusive about him. He told me this guy is going to be a really good player. We knew very little about him when he came here. And some of his early starts were a bit rocky. And you thought, okay, 
But Andy Friend kept on and on about him. And he's been proved right. And that's what coaches, that's why their coaches and their head coaches and the directors of rugby, they see, see, we never, we don't see the training. So they see things on the training ground and they think, well, that's really clever or that's really poor. And I'm going to have to pull him up on that. Or he's going to have to talk to the four, you know, the specialist coaches. But Tom Daly has been a, a presence for Connacht uh, and he's got better. And, and that's what you want. You want to see players getting better. Some players at the top, top level don't have to because when they get there, your, your Brian O'Driscoll's, your Paul O'Connell's or players like that, they, they just operate at a level when they're playing. But when you're watching players coming up, you just want to see that bit of improvement. And I think this season, the coaching changes have empowered a lot of players in Connacht to get better. They look better. They look more cohesive and it's uh, we just want to see them playing rugby. Brilliant stuff, William. We'll be back with you folks during the week to build up for the Munster game. Let's just hope that all goes well in that regard. There'll be uh, some press availability. There'll be our usual uh, preview podcast and then the match day one on New Year's Day. Kick off, William. Five o'clock, isn't it? 5.15, yeah. 5.15 uh, New Year's Day. So you'll have time to get over your hangovers and Get up to the sports ground if you can get in. If you can't join us uh, on any of the media, we'll, we'll tell you the full story of the game. And to finish, folks, just a big reminder that you can sign up to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash craggy rugby. Uh, you'll see the different levels, club membership, or you can give a little bit more if you want to be on executive level. Loads of reasons to do that listed there, but you know why you get all these extra podcasts during the week. This is our weekly free podcast, of course, uh, for our wider conic craggy rugby supporters and thank you so much for listening to us every week spread the word that in itself is enough to back us if you're uh, not in the position to sign up to club membership but don't forget all week this week we'll have a midweek podcast coach some audio from the coaches and uh, build up to the big monster game all on patreon.com forward slash craggy rugby in the meantime we'll talk to you soon loose cut it loose Break out or nothing changes Sad and confused Don't wait until